Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Me, your man, MG, Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. And happy Christmas Eve. Yeah, Merry Christmas Eve, man. Boy, it goes by quick, doesn't it? I know. It wasn't that long ago. It was It was still August, and it was sweltering hot. And, uh, you know, we were, you know, trying to figure out when Lev Bell was going to come back and play. I know, right? <laughs> and it turns out. The answer? Never. 2019. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was kind of wild. Uh, it is obviously the end of championship week in a lot of leagues, so I know that a lot of you out there are celebrating championships, in which case, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of you out there lost in your championship match, in which case, condolences. Uh, I feel your pain. Congratulations to Mark Iztook, by the way. Who yeah, good job, Mark. Live league uh, steps in as a rookie yeah. and wins it. Uh, so he's been playing fantasy though. He has been playing yeah. fantasy, and he had a so. juggernaut of a team, especially in the playoffs. So uh, yep. congratulations to Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Graham Barfield actually away. He's uh, I think he's back home in Atlanta celebrating uh, Christmas. With, Merry Christmas with the Graham. family there. So Merry Christmas, Graham. Uh, behind the glass, though, uh, our normal producer Edward L. Murphy Esquire is off uh, back home in New York. So Cam is filling in. Cam, good to have you, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Good Welcome, buddy. Thank you. Are you, are you a fantasy enthusiast? I'm not an enthusiast, uh, and I'm not very enthused about how I've done this season either, <laughs> so uh, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, appreciate you sitting in, uh, and appreciate all of you guys for listening as well. We got a big show here for you. Of course, we're going to kind of recap a little bit of the fantasy playoffs, give you some of our best and worst from the fantasy playoffs. We will give you a quick Week 17 waiver wire, although I still live by the motto that friends don't let friends play Week 17. But for those of you who are still out there in leagues, whether it's daily leagues or you're playing for total points or what have you, uh, we'll give you a little bit to help you as well with that. Uh, But first, let's do some news. We'll start with uh, some bad news, some unfortunate news. Uh, Houston Texans wide receiver Demarius Thomas is believed to have suffered a torn Achilles. That happened yesterday in the loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, it's been a frustrating year for Demarius. Really didn't uh, have a lot of success in Denver. Got traded to Houston. 
the first drive he had with the Houston Texans, he had what, three catches. I think he had a touchdown. He played really well early on. But we, we really haven't heard much from him this year. And uh, to have it end, though, with a torn Achilles, uh, that's pretty tough. Yeah, and, uh, you know, this is a guy who's what, 30 years old. And um, a lot of question marks are going to be uh, surrounding DT going into next season, depending on when he's able to come back from what is a very difficult injury. I mean, uh, Deonta Foreman uh, is just coming back from Achilles. He just came back this past week, was active for the first time this season after also enduring an Achilles and uh, I'm not surprised that Demarius has seen his numbers from a fantasy perspective slide ever since Peyton Manning uh, sort of, you know, went south. Let's put it that way. And uh, Demarius, though, great receiver and was a very, very solid fantasy receiver for uh, a number of years there in Denver. Yeah. Now, I believe this is not the first time uh, Demarius Thomas has had an Achilles injury. So, uh yeah, just uh, it's a it's a crappy way for the season. To yeah, end. yep. Um, some more positive news: Christian McCaffrey breaks the NFL record for most catches by a running back in a season, beating the record formerly held by Matt Forte. I guess not really a surprise one, considering who McCaffrey is and, and yep. kind of how he plays as a, as a player, and also how the Panthers used him in the offense. Um. I will say I will be the, the Debbie Downer here. Like, I, congratulations. It's certainly a huge accomplishment. It just feels less special now because of how NFL offenses work. Yeah, and, I mean, he was targeted a ton all season long. And I also feel like he benefited from uh, two things. Number one, Cam Newton not being 100%. Because what was the what was the the one big issue with McCaffrey coming into the season, Marcus? He was going to lose goal line opportunities to Cam Newton. When Cam Newton banged up that shoulder, uh, you could tell down the stretch, second half of the season, they were not giving him goal line opportunities. It was all Christian McCaffrey. And second, because Cam's shoulder was bothering him, he was forced to check down a lot. Yes. I mean, his passer rating from ten yards and beyond once that shoulder went south was bad it was awful so a lot of times cam was checking down to mccaffrey and he was taking it from there and rolling with it and then in yesterday's game uh we saw taylor hit him with the high in the key <laughs> check down quite a bit before he was injured in that game then ended up coming back he's having an mri on that elbow so it was kind of a perfect storm for mccaffrey but he has proven that he can handle the workload of a true featured back and uh, that's what he's going to be drafted as in 2019. He'll be a first-round pick. Yeah, I was going to say, he's definitely a first-round pick. I mean, the biggest question is, does he creep into the top five in a lot of drafts? In PPR, he very well might. Yeah, I think he that, very well might. That, well, I think PPR, he's certainly going to be a, a top five yep, pick. In yep. standard, I think he's still going to get a lot of looks, uh, even in, in standard scoring leagues. Um, LaShawn McCoy was benched during uh, for a portion of the Bills game against the Patriots on Sunday. Afterwards, he said that uh, basically it was head coach Sean McDermott putting him in his place. I don't even know what to say about Shady. This was kind of a lost year for him. I mean, the offense was bad. He didn't get a lot of touches. He was banged up for parts of it and missed some games in there. It just This just felt like a lost season, and it feels even worse because he is a guy who was getting up there in age, and you yep. just wonder how many more big campaigns he has left. He was among my top five busts for this season. I mean, you can kind of see it coming. Mm -hmm. The combination of the age, the touches, and the offense, the offensive line had issues coming into the season. You weren't sure who the quarterback was going to be, but you did know that it wasn't going to be anyone that had a lot of experience. And this was, this was sort of... I, I'm not I'm not 100% surprised. 
I am surprised that he rushed for 488 yards. If he was going to be bad, I figured he'd give you eight or 900 yards rushing, maybe you know another couple hundred yards receiving. But um, th- this was this was a career worst season for Shady McCoy. And moving forward, we don't know what the future holds for this Buffalo Bills team in that backfield. So um, Shady, it seems like his time as an elite fantasy running back uh, ended in 2018 and is unlikely to return. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's sort of the thing. Um, you know, curious to see what happens, where he ends up, if he's still in Buffalo, if he goes somewhere else. Uh, but uh, it was not a really good year for LaShawn. No, no, or many Bills. Or many Bills. that way. Which, by the way, you talked about his rushing totals. I feel like Josh Allen had that in, like, that three-game stretch. I know, like, dude. I mean, yeah. Then. Insane. Uh, yeah, it, it was uh, – that, now, that is a guy that people are going to be talking about next season as like a deep sleeper, Josh Allen, because of his ability to run with the football. He still needs to work on that accuracy, though. There was a couple yeah. of passes that he threw <laughs> against the Patriots. I mean, one pass, hell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar couldn't have caught that thing. It was so far over his receiver's head. I mean, that was sort of the knock on him coming out of the draft was that his accuracy was going to be a problem, yep. and he got drafted by a team that was short on playmaking wide receivers. I mean, let's, let's not forget, they went into the season – uh, I mean, look, they were thinking Zay Jones was going to be their top guy. Yep. They ended up getting Benjamin. They get Kelvin Benjamin for a few weeks, and that doesn't work out. Um, it just you take a quarterback with accuracy issues and you put him on a team that lacks wide receivers. It just seems like a bad situation. Yep. So, anyway, that there is uh, pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. Candid makes it convenient, affordable, and easy to straighten your teeth. Candid's clear aligners are sent directly to your home and customized specifically for you to fix and straighten your teeth. Use their at-home modeling kit and then send back your impressions and some photos. Candid's network of highly trained orthodontists will then review your specific case and provide you with a 3D preview of what your treatment will look like. After you receive your 3D preview, you decide if you want to move forward or not. You can also talk to a real person at any time if you have questions. They'll even set up a video call to walk you through the modeling process. Candid's treatment takes an average of six months and costs 65% less than braces. It will literally save you thousands. You're one step away from getting straighter, wider teeth. Take advantage of Candid's risk-free modeling kit guarantee and go to candidco.com live to save 25% on your modeling kit. That's candidco.com live to get 25% off the price of your modeling kit. Candidco.com live. So on the phone, joining us now, a special surprise guest. I mean, I guess it's a surprise. Either way, he was uh, the big star in the Rams' win in Week 16 over the Arizona Cardinals. It's uh, C.J. Anderson, the pride of Jesse Bethel High School in Vallejo, California. C.J., appreciate you coming on the show. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing real well. What's up, C.J.? Hey, man, thanks for joining the show. Now, um, you know, you and I, we, we go back and forth all season long, and, you know, I get it. It's been a tough season for you. Carolina, you were there stuck behind Christian McCaffrey. Then you ended up with the Raiders, signed. That didn't work out. Then you come to Los Angeles, and they put you in a position to succeed. And succeed you did with 167 rushing yards and a touchdown. In fantasy points, 23.2. You helped a lot of people out there win their fantasy football championships. Talk about the ups and downs of this season and how you sort of endured in terms of uh, being football ready and then in, in terms of your mental and your, and your confidence too uh, going into this, into this 
great performance that you had for the Rams. Well, it's just, I mean, it's it's been a crazy 2018. And, um, you know, every team, you know, that I was released from had a reason why. You know, Denver was just because of cap. You know, and the timing didn't work out. I got released a month well, a month well after free agency, two weeks or a week before the draft, or two weeks before, yeah, about a two week or a week and a half before the draft. So running backs was coming out, who teams were looking to grab, and then Carolina, um, Christian Kaepernick emerges was just you know phenomenal and special, and you know I'm proud that uh that he's playing as well as he played, and I'm proud that I got the help in some way, but he's. You know he's playing awesome. You know, and the, and the guy that they picked in the eighth round—I mean, in the eighth, the eighth pick in the first round—just a year ago. Uh, it's good to see him emerge and do his thing. And then Oakland, you know, uh, I got there because Doug Martin was hurt, and then um, Doug Martin ended up being healthier than they thought, but they kept me on the roster anyway. And then two alignment goes down, and they got to you know bring one up from the practice squad and pick somebody up who knew their play. So you know, to protect their car was a hundred million dollar man, and you know, from there it was just you know I kept telling myself. I'm not getting cut because of talent. You know, I'm, right. I've been talented. I've been a starter. I've been a pro bowler in this league. I'm definitely not getting cut because of my talent. You know, what I came off last season, a thousand yards. So, you know, I kept those thoughts and kept those, um, um, kept those, those, those milestones close to me and tried to, you know, just try to let myself know and let people know when I got the chance. I'm still the same C.J. Anderson if I get the opportunity. And, you know, um, this worked out perfect. Uh, when did you know? that you were going to get the start against the Cardinals. What, what did Sean McVay say to you before that game? Um, well, before the game, it was, you know, literally during when I, when I had my, my pasta meal in the morning. Uh, <laughs> he told me, he told me uh, you know, I think Todd's going to play. He's like, uh, you know, we got a plan for Todd, but we're going to expect to play you too, so be ready to go. And then after the workout, um, he came in, Todd came in and said, I don't think I'm going to go, bro. And Sean came in and said, hey, now we're going to lean on you. So, um, you know, I guess the experience of being a starter and, um, you know, my mentality was just to go, you know, help this team any way I can. But, you know, when you become the feature guy, the mentality raised a little higher. So, um, you know, I just changed my mindset a little bit to, to carry the ball load and um, just, just try to do what I can after Rams win a football game. I mean, it had been like a, almost a full calendar year since you, you had 20 carries. It's been a full calendar year since you had that much work. I mean, were you expecting to see the ball that much? Um, not, not at first. Not at first. <laughs> uh, I thought even what I was going to play, because, you know, the Rams run a lot of jet sweeps. So I thought, you know, we'll run like six or seven jet sweeps, and I'll see 15 to 14 carries. But um, I guess the way the floor of the game was going and the way things was working, um, I guess it, uh, it found a way to work out to get 20 touches and, um, you know, obviously if the game was close, I would have had more touches. So, um, you know, it's so good to have that workload. It's been a while since I've had a workload. But, um, like I said, I just, you know, being a starter and playing in big games and understanding the situation that, um, you know, we're in, you know, us as the Rams we're in now, compared, you know, same comparison to what I was in in 2015 when I was carrying a load for Denver. So it just makes sense. You know, it makes sense. And if it were in the time and opportunity work for all sides. Uh, you signed early in the week last week. How did you get up to speed with the playbook and everything so quickly to be ready for Sunday? Um, a lot of work, you know, coming in at 530 in the morning. You know, I always come in early, but I came in 30 minutes earlier. You know, I felt like I was two days behind, to be honest. I came in Tuesday, um, took a whole physical from, you know, I landed at 9, got the Thousand Oaks at 10. It's an hour drive. Um, physical at 11, didn't finish till 3, and then we started working on the playbook Tuesday. Um, and then from there, coming in at 5.30, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning, 
um, doing everything I can possibly do to learn the playbook. Good thing is a lot of it was good crossover, but, you know, I have been uh, well-respected as far as football IQ and picking up offices and understanding football with game experience and the type of player I am. Um, a lot of players uh, have respected me in enough work. If I do go to a new place, I can't pick it up. Just like people don't know in Oakland, I was ready to play against Pittsburgh on Sunday in Oakland because I picked up the playbook too. So, you know, a lot of it was crossover um, from what I've done with Kubiak and a little bit with Gruden doing Oakland. So it kind of helped out too. So you're very active on social media. And, you know, Todd Gurley was basically the, the greatest running back in fantasy football during the course of the 2018 season. You came in, statistically didn't miss a step. Did you get a lot of positive reinforcement there on social media and a lot of thank yous after you helped so many people win their championships? I did. Um, Good. You know, somebody said, man, it's crazy. I come full circle. You help me one in 15 and you turn around and help me in 18. It's just <laughs> kind of how it goes. And, you know, I've always been, you know, I'm not the biggest, biggest fan of fantasy football, you know, because, you know, we do things to try to win a game, you know, especially after – the Miami thing I had in 2014, kind of what Todd did this year, you get the first down instead of scoring. You can score, you just fall off and you can secure the win. Right. Um, you know, I've had some had some bad blow with fantasy owners, but it just felt good to play. And, I mean, obviously when you play well, fantasy works too. So it just felt good to play well and help the Rams win and then help everybody who, um, you know, who believed in me, who picked me up um, to, uh, to, to, to help them win their championships and, you know, felt really good because the people who didn't believe in me um, to prove them wrong and let them know they should have picked me up. So, you know, it kind of sucks for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was proud of you, man. Now, you also tweeted out that if you helped anyone out there win a fantasy championship, that you'd like them to donate to your Dreams Never Die Foundation. You know, how can people donate to that foundation and talk a, b- a little bit about uh, who benefits from your foundation? So, um, Dreams Never Die is a foundation I started in 2016. And, uh, you know, we got crazy partnerships, but pretty much we provide inner city youth um, um, in Vallejo and in Texas and in Houston with resources outside of athletics and entertainment. You know, a lot of the kids who grew up the way I grew up, you know, see myself as a success or see, you know, E40 or Drake or as success. And um, there's so many different ways to be successful. Our foundation has partnerships with Google, Microsoft, YouTube, Twitch, um, Harvard, UC Berkeley, um, MLSE out there in Toronto. Um, you know, I can, the boatload of partnerships I can name, DocuSign, you know, just trying to let them know, like, you know, robotics and technology and there's different ways you can be successful. Even having a podcast or being, you know, got partnerships with Gary Vee and Dave Nessler, two of the biggest entrepreneurs going on right now. You know, having those partnerships and having those, you know, these big influencers and these big billion dollar companies, um, you know, coming to our kids or, our, or taking our kids up to them. So they can see more than just athletics and entertainment, and um, that's what benefits. And the way you can donate on, obviously, both handles on Twitter and Instagram is at DND Foundation 22, or you can go to DND Foundation 22.org/slash/donate. Um, you know, you can donate the cause. That's for all the goes. Um, the biggest thing that we're working on, you'll see what we're doing. I mean, I took 40 kids to Google last summer, which that was on the NFL, and we're taking kids to LinkedIn this year, taking kids to YouTube this year. Um, you know, the biggest thing that we're trying to do in 2021 or 2022 is, is build a 60,000 square foot facility with all these resources that I have partnerships in and kind of put it into like an after school program in my hometown. That's kind of what we're working on right now. So um, we're raising money for the capital for that. And, um, you know, every dollar counts. 
It's awesome. We love. We'll put the link to uh, to the foundation up on, on our website as well, yep. so folks can uh, can go and donate there. Uh, you know, if they if they feel. Uh, you know, especially if they won a championship, go and, and give some of that back a little bit. Uh, before we let you go, any any plans, any ideas of what happens week 17? Without, without trying to give away too much, uh, are you going to get a big workload again this week? I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> I kept it super quiet up to an hour and a half before kickoff. And, um, I have no idea, but, um, you know, me and, me and TG talk a lot, and obviously this is his football team. I'm just here to help in any way possible. And, um, you know, uh, you know, like Malcolm Brown played a little bit earlier in the season. I don't see those snaps playing. TG will be the guy when those, you know, if he's playing and when those come. But just understand when I get the opportunity, I'll make the most of it. Yeah, man. Hey, listen, uh, one thing is for sure. People who are playing week 17, you're going to be the best pickup <laughs> off the waiver wire. I can promise you that. Thank you so much yeah. for joining I, us, man, and congratulations on a great performance. I will say, CJ, I as I I am a I'm a native of Vallejo, so I'm always excited to see another Vallejoan doing big things out there, man. So uh, I'm excited for you. I'm happy for you. Appreciate you coming on the show, man. Nah, thanks for having me, man. Always fun. Thanks for for everything. You've always believed in me. Always believed in my talent. So it's amazing to see that. Amazing, hey, amazing. I tell you, man. You you're you're my brother, and I was super proud of you um, watching that game. I was smiling ear to ear, and I'm not a Rams fan. I'm a Cowboys fan, but you know I'm a C.J. Anderson fan, so I was proud of you, man. Great job. Thank you, man. Okay, Merry Christmas. All right, take care. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. You too. C.J. Anderson of the Los Angeles Rams had the huge game, 20 carries, 167 yards, Mm -hmm. and a touchdown. Uh, Just kind of a a – a huge blow I mean, for him. I don't know that anybody saw that coming. Like, no. I had I had talked to him uh, a couple of days earlier, and you know, I'm I'm trying to get a little info from him. I can't divulge what he's telling me, but he really didn't know what the situation was going to be, and um, I, I wasn't sure either. I, I kind of got the sense that he was going to be the guy if Gurley didn't play. That sort of news right. was already out there. Uh, I didn't expect him to get that big of a workload, but I did tell him this, and this is something he already knew. I says, that Cardinals defense can't stop the run, yeah, man. I mean, so if you get the ball, you're going to put up a number. I can tell you right now, the, the, I mean, it, it, it just all worked out really great for him. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think the, the matchup was certainly there. And like you said, it, wasn't an, it, it was never an issue of talent with him in all these other yeah. places. It just the numbers didn't work out for whatever reason. I just didn't, you know, my, my concern with him coming into this game was – would he get – how many touches would he get? Would they right. split it up with, with John Kelly? Uh, you know, would they run a rotation, that sort of thing? And, you know, obviously listening to him, I don't even think he expected to get 20 yeah. carries. Well, let's also game. remember, like, in the beginning of the season, because, you know, fantasy football is just, like, so week to week, we forget a lot of people, including myself, thought C.J. could end up being a nice late-round pick. Why? Oh, yeah. Because everyone was talking about him being sort of, like, the new Jonathan Stewart, right. and that meant goal line opportunities and enough carries and enough touches to potentially be pretty productive. And I also told CJ this yesterday. So I'm in a best ball league with like the, some of the best high stakes players in, in the world. I think I mentioned this last week, and uh, I ended up doing pretty well this week. And part of the reason why CJ Anderson was on my roster, and CJ was my second highest scoring player of the week. Ironically behind Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, you know, it's funny, too, because I, I went back and looked uh, at my the, the draft bargains piece I wrote back in August, I guess it was, 
um, July or August, he was one of my draft <laughs> bargains because I thought, you know, there's no way they're going to load Christian McCaffrey up with all these touches. You know, C.J. Anderson's going to get the goal line work. He's going to get the short yardage work, and he'll actually be a nice sleeper for you. Obviously, it didn't work out quite that way, but he ends up, you know, with a, with a fairly happy ending, coming to a team that obviously is going to make a, a – is poised to make a run in the playoffs. Yep. Um, he's going to be a part of it. So uh, Yeah, okay. good for him. Yeah, I'm always excited to see dudes from Vallejo uh, blow up, so yep. that's, that's great. All right, so the fantasy playoffs pretty much over. As I mentioned, I know some of you are still playing Week 17, but for the bulk of you out there, the fantasy playoffs are over. So I was thinking let's kind of get out, give out some unofficial awards. I know, Fabs, you're going to do your Guru Awards, I'm sure, yep. uh, you know, in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. with all of your big postseason stuff, um, or season stuff, I should say. Yep. But I want to look at the, the fantasy playoffs. So I had a few different categories, put out a few nominees, and then we can kind of pick our own. I mean, we're not handing out any hardware, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But so the first one, obviously, who was the fantasy MVP? I looked at Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. who had a solid three, four weeks. Uh, Derek Henry, who obviously had the huge, you know, really big blow-up weeks and actually even played well in, in week 16 uh, against Washington. Um, Deshaun Watson, who, you know, Kind of quietly had a couple of nice games, and then the big blow-up game in Week 16 when you really needed him. And then Patrick Mahomes, who had been steady all year long, maybe dipped a little bit near the end, but still, uh, you know, he's still going to finish the year probably as the top scorer in fantasy. So of those four, who would you give your fantasy playoff MVP to? To me, it's Henry, and here's why. You were starting Mahomes every week. You were starting McCaffrey every week. You were likely starting Watson every week. Henry came in at the right time and got hot, like – he could have been your flex starter mm-hmm. in the fantasy playoffs. And so if you already had two pretty good running backs, you were suddenly that much better when he gives you almost a 50-burger in Week 14 and then gives you 30 against the Giants. And even last week, wasn't wasn't 30, but he gave you 16 fantasy points. So Henry, to me, was the guy that put a lot of teams over the edge mm-hmm. in that he was an added component to your starting lineup that you didn't have, and he put up gigantic numbers for two of the three fantasy postseason weeks. Yeah, you know, I, I have a hard time going away from Derrick Henry here. I mean, I, I thought maybe I could make a case for Christian McCaffrey, but I think you're right that, you know, everybody was starting CMC. He had been so good all year long that, that you weren't you weren't going to take him out of your lineup. Um, I guess I could maybe make a case for Deshaun Watson because maybe you had been rotating him through, but – Derrick Henry just kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, he yeah. just, you know, I mean, this is a guy that nobody was starting. In fact, that first blow-up game, I don't think anybody, uh, few people caught it. Very few people actually, you know, took advantage of it because, I mean, who's starting Derrick Henry? So, yeah, um, yeah, you're right. He, he ends up becoming the MVP just because he kind of gave you a performance when you needed it, when you weren't expecting it to happen. Um, right. Biggest playoff quarterback flop. <laughs> all right from the quarterback position, I got three that that you know are all pretty big names. Uh, Jared Goff, who was just miserable, mm-hmm. Drew Brees, mm-hmm. and Tom Brady. That's an impressive list of stinkers, right? I mean, to me, I kind of boy, that's I mean, they were all so bad. <laughs> I, I, I guess I've got to go with Brees because we expected more from him. Like Brees had been so good. And then he hit a wall mm-hmm. in Dallas and gave you seven. Then he had 13-5. He probably knocked you out of any chance to get into the fantasy championship. And then he had 16 against Pittsburgh, which isn't really all that great for an elite quarterback. So for me, it was probably going to be Drew Brees, but it's all three of these guys were were just, they were daggers. 
I'm a man. I think I might have to go with Goff here, just just because the the Rams' offense had been so great, and he, I mean, he had been just lights out for so long, and he just just hit a wall all of a sudden. It started, and, and maybe we should have seen something when when we they struggled against Detroit. Uh, it just didn't really happen, and then you know the, the bad game against the Bears, the Eagles uh, was just, was not a great game. He actually sort of rebounded against the Cardinals, but even then. When the game started with him fumbling the ball away, you just felt like, uh, here we go again. Um, he did, like I said, he rallied, he salvaged it, he got 17 points. It was fine. It wasn't great. But, I mean, Jared Goff, who had been a guy that you really had just been kind of set it and forget it in your lineup, mm-hmm. uh, he just he, he fell apart down the stretch. I feel like with Tom Brady, we just weren't, we weren't playing him. So. Yeah, especially with the matchups and what Brady has become. It's going to be really interesting to see where Brady gets drafted yes. next season yep. because there's going to be younger quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, for example, who are going to get picked ahead of him. So uh, th- this could be the beginning of the end of Tom Brady's reign as an elite fantasy quarterback. So now the biggest we-didn't-see-this-coming performance of the postseason. Um, I, I think I know who it's going to be, but I, I got a couple of names here. One, Josh Allen, who just showed up, had huge running games, uh, was was giving you 20-plus points on the regular in the postseason. Yep. Um, Derrick Henry, who we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Robert Foster, who, you know, I, I don't know that he had big blow-up performances, but this is a guy that nobody was talking about until about week you know 13 or so and played really well in the fantasy playoffs. Kind of let you down in week 16 if yep. you took the chance. But, uh, you know, it's – at least good enough, I think, that he will be a name that's talked about in the late rounds next year in the draft. I'd split it between him and Allen because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, we've talked about it on the podcast. We, we just we didn't have enough confidence in no. Josh to start him. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, I had him listed as a sleeper in the column for a couple of those weeks, but if if left to my you know my own decision making process, I probably still couldn't play him. Right. And it was all about what he did with his legs, and eventually he was a sit him for me this past week because I kind of figured Patriots home game, Belichick against a rookie quarterback, I didn't like the matchup. But Foster is a guy who, you know, he had 105 against the, the Jets back in Week 10, and suddenly he's like, okay, Robert Foster, eh, right. I don't know if I'm buying <laughs> into him. You know, and then after the bye week he had a good game against the Jags, and you're like, Robert Foster. Right. Then he had a bad one against the Dolphins, and he did have two great games in the fantasy playoffs. Let you down a little bit this past week. But, yeah, I, the the two Bills would be the two big surprises for me with Foster maybe uh, being 1A, you know. Yeah, and, I mean. And Allen being 1B. I think Josh Allen is, is my winner here just because, like you said, I mean, you know, we, we had pretty much written Josh Allen. We had pretty much written off the Bills offense as a whole, you know. Yeah. Like there was yep. nobody that – Shady, you weren't starting. You weren't starting Josh Allen until then. None of the receivers – um, you know, I think I, I hot taked Jason Kroom with a touchdown or something like that in like week eight or something weird. But I mean, you just weren't. And so for Josh Allen to, you know, to not only do it, but to do it several weeks in a row to the point that you're like, all right, maybe I have to start this guy. Yeah. I think that that is uh, that is a big one. Yep. Um, best performance that no one took advantage of. <laughs> so, so I've got they got three good ones I got, here. I got I've got Derrick Henry in week fourteen going for what two thirty and four touchdowns. Yep. Uh, I've got Mike Williams in week fifteen where he scored three touchdowns, including a rushing touchdown, and had a two point conversion. Yep. And in week sixteen, Kyle Rudolph. 122 yards and two touchdowns long after we had pretty much forgotten Kyle Rudolph to be a yeah. thing this year. See, to me, it's Mike Williams because 
Derrick Henry, I mean, that that was a ridiculous performance. Right. Um, you know, no one ever expects that. But he was active, I want to say, it was 14 to 17% of NFL.com leagues mm-hmm. that week. Week 15, no one was starting Mike Williams. I think his ownership uh, percentage was, was pretty low, and his starting percentage was probably somewhere between 5 and 8%. Okay. And... Most people believed it was going to be the Keenan Allen show, which we all sort of expected because, well, that just makes sure, a whole lot of sense. That's how it works. But when Keenan went down with that injury, Mike came in and had a huge game, like you said, three touchdowns, a rushing touchdown, a two-point conversion. I, I would say him and, and Rudolph, I mean, we should have known. Rudolph, <laughs> right, right, during Christmas, Christmas right. week, we, I mean, we, 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 yeah, that, that's our faults there. But I feel like because the tight end position is so ridiculously thin mm-hmm. and Rudolph is a name that people probably would have sort of started him right. because of his name and because, well, I've got nothing better out there that I can that, that I can lean on. So I would go Mike Williams. <sighs> I'm, I think I'm still leaning toward Kyle Rudolph. I'm just looking at his, his, his totals, right? I mean, he... Oh, he'd done nothing. He had, he had two touchdowns in the first three weeks. He had a touchdown in week one. He had a touchdown in week three. After that, his totals, 57, 41, 37, 16, 39, 28, uh, uh, 13, 60. So basically, his 122 in week 16, he had 131 combined in the four weeks previous to that. Um, And he just, even even with tight end being as bad as it has been, I think a lot of folks had just kind of given up on him. And then this came out of nowhere. He was, yeah, he was started in 26% of leagues on NFL. And maybe I'm a little bit bitter because I had both Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook, and I'm watching the ball go to Kyle Rudolph all over the place. It's funny, too, because uh, so I I was in four championships. I won three. The one that I lost was probably my best team. (laughs) You know that, Marcus? It was probably my best team. My two wide receivers were Devontae Adams and Adam Thielen, just like you had in the Experts League. Mm -hmm. I had Evan Ingram who was balling out. Um, I had, and, and Lindsay Rhodes beat me, and congratulations, Lindsay. Who, oh, I love Lindsay. She's such a great fantasy player, and she and she's she's tremendous. But I ended up being in a situation where I had Saquon Barkley and Joe Mixon, and then I have Michael Thomas and, and New Hopkins. I'm not benching those guys. You know who I did bench? Jamal Williams, Robbie Anderson, <laughs> Elijah McGuire. <laughs> and they all had more points than those guys. But, I, uh, I mean, it is what it is. I'm, I'm happy that Lindsey won. Absolutely. All right. So uh, my last category, the best fantasy playoff waiver And wire. there was a lot of them. There's a lot. A of them. lot of them. So dude. I narrowed it down to three. And feel free to add in to throw in any others that, that I don't have. But I got Damian Williams. I got Jamal Williams. And Robbie Anderson. No, those are the three. As the three. Those are the three, dude. I mean, Damian, it might be Robbie because Robbie was productive in all three of the fantasy playoff weeks, whereas, like, Damian, remember Spencer Ware was was still active. Then Damian, the last two weeks, was balling out. And then last week, Jamal didn't start for anybody because Because Aaron Jones Jones played. But, I mean, if you picked up Jamal this week, home run. If you picked up Damian... Last week for the last two weeks, home run. But if you were smart enough to pick up Robbie Anderson, and Robbie Anderson has done nothing. Like, Robbie Anderson disappeared. And he was a guy that I talked about on TV, I think we all did, as, as someone that we had our eye on. Uh, after he had that 70, uh, that 76-yard performance against Buffalo, he had 17.6 fantasy points. His targets were there. We're like, hmm, okay. Now he plays Houston. Their defense is pretty crappy against wide receivers. Goes out and has 22 against them than everyone in the industry. Everyone in the industry. And typically... If you guys follow the fantasy industry and you follow fantasy analysts, you know that when we all get on board with somebody, typically that player is going to stink. 
All right? It just happens all the time. In this case, it didn't. Right. So out of these three, assuming you picked them up starting in week 14, Anderson would be the guy. But all three of these guys helped me, no doubt. Yeah, you know, the Robbie Anderson thing, too, I, you know, it sort of made me happy because he was a guy that I think a lot of us had projected as yeah. sort of a sleeper or deep sleeper yep. early in the season. And it just it took took basically 13 weeks for it to kind of come together. But it did. And so yeah, it, it's encouraging for next year as well. Sam Darnold played really well down the stretch for the Jets. We saw him kind of develop a little bit. He started to develop a rapport with Robbie Anderson. So that kind of gives you some hope that next year maybe this could be kind of a, a nice sleeper combination between quarterback and wide receiver. Yep. So and I think I would give it Robbie Anderson. It, yeah, it's close. I mean, Damian did have a good game in week 14, but nobody played him. Right. I mean, it was against Baltimore, too. And that was the week that Spencer Ware ended up getting a little bit dinged up. So I, I will say this. And, you know, again, we've talked about it on the podcast weeks ago. Remember this next year, guys. When you get close to the fantasy playoffs, you have to handcuff your top running backs. And this season, more than any other, benefited the people who listened to that advice, whether it was Damian Williams or Jamal Williams or Jalen Samuel. It didn't matter. These guys all put up very good numbers in the wake of their number one running backs going down. And this also shows you another thing, okay? In Pittsburgh and in Kansas City, most notably, guys, any running back that's getting touches in those offenses is going to be productive from a fantasy perspective. It just it is what it is. Yep. And I'm not saying that, you know, that, that Jalen Samuels or James Conner or Damian Williams or Spencer Ware or Kareem Hunt, you know, very talented running backs. System helps, man. The system helps. And the system in Pittsburgh and the system in Kansas City, uh, uh, both notably connected to Todd Haley at, at one point or another, those are very running back friendly systems. Yeah, absolutely. So if Le'Veon Bell's playing in the Chiefs offense next season, oh boy, look out. Although I'd, I'd like to see him in, in, uh, in, in Indianapolis, but that's just me. Man, it's just. Yeah. That's going to be one of like the. the that might, that's going to be the biggest offseason. Fantasy. He's gonna line. be the that, that's gonna right? be the biggest storyline fantasy relevant that yeah. you know that doesn't involve you know the draft. Even Where does he go? The draft. The draft's not gonna be as big a deal, I think, for fantasy. Okay, so real quick because you know we we've got waiver wire here and, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna be wrapping things up here. Um, so if Le'Veon Bell signs with the Kansas City Chiefs, is he a top three pick? Yes. Yes, I thought you were going to ask you if he's number one, and that's the one that that's where I would have been like, okay, is know. he number one? <sighs> is he number one? I still, <sighs> I still think it's Todd Gurley, but man, like, I I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have any, I wouldn't have any argument with anybody. Who's what if he was with the Colts? Um, I think he's top three. I don't think he's number one with the Colts. So, what team that could potentially, and you know, in reality, land him? would he not be in the top five? Like, I mean, so I don't know that San Francisco is really going to be in the mix because they've got McKinnon. You know, Breida showed something when he was actually able to get out there and play. Um, You know, Philadelphia, you know, I I don't know what the situation is going to be with the Jai. I don't know if they would go after him, but maybe the Jets. I think if he ends up with the Jets. Yeah, I don't think he's a top five. Then I don't know that he's a top five pick. I think he's still in the first round, but he's a top five. Yeah, I I mean, heck, Elijah McGuire's look pretty good. Um, But there could be some changes there, especially a head coach with Todd Bowles. We'll see what happens. But um, I would think that wherever Le'Veon lands, he's probably still going to end up being a top five pick. And if he goes to the Chiefs or the Colts, top three and potentially in the uh, conversation 
for the number one overall selection. Oh man, I can't wait. That's I can't wait to end up. I can't wait to, to see of, where he ends up. I dude. sort of just want it to happen because I feel like the process is going to be I agonizing. Know. It's just going to be so. I, I, I'm just waiting for the Twitter reports that uh, that follow every little thing he does, <laughs> where it's like. Oh yeah, Le'Veon Bell went to a subway in. You know. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was playing pickup basketball somewhere right. near Kansas City. Uh, He's going to the Chiefs. Seriously. Wait a minute. We just we we just we we just saw him at a restaurant in Indianapolis. He was at He's going to the Colts. He was at a steak and shake in Indy. <laughs> I think he's going to the Colts. Like it's gonna be. That is just going to be miserable. That's the that that's the big one though, man. That's a, that. I think Le'Veon and then, you know, sort of like the, the top of the, the running back position, which has sort of settled itself because you've got so many good young running backs in the league right now. And the the change in the quarterback, there's going to be a big shift. There. Yeah. There's going to be a big shift. It's going to shift from from the, the you know, the Brady's and, and, and maybe even the Breeze's because let's be honest, Drew Brees did not play well down the stretch from a fantasy perspective. And when he plays outdoors – Look at the numbers. Um, he's a little bit unreliable. You're going to start seeing, you know, Mahomes is clearly the number one guy. You're going to start seeing a shift of the young guys. Deshaun Watson, that shift already started. Jared Goff, now he's going to be up there as well. Goff might be interesting because of the way he finished, and you have to wonder whether or not defenses have started to figure out. Sure, sure. Uh, Carson Wentz, another young quarterback who he played he played pretty well at times this season, but last year he was an MVP candidate before he went down with the knee. So we're starting to see that shift. I mean, Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady a top ten quarterback next no, season? No, I don't. I don't. I don't know that he I is. I don't think. So. I don't know that he is. I, really I mean, don't. you know, I get it. He's the greatest of all time. Uh, Father time catches up to everybody except Frank Gore. Except Frank Gore and Frank Gore, who said he's going to play next season. Of course he is. He's like he's pretty close, isn't he? Close to Barry Sanders' record for rushing yards. He might be. I think he's pretty close. Imagine that. He might be because yeah. he's just he's played forever. Yep, Hung around forever. Hey, um. Control Center by Cavo is the one remote that does it all. This holiday season, help your loved ones take control of their TV with the gift of Control Center. Control Center cleans up your home theater so you can control everything connected to your TV with one easy-to-use remote and stop wasting precious time searching for shows. Plug in your streamer, sound system, cable or satellite, even your game console, and Control Center handles it all. It's easy to use for everyone, even your father-in-law who can't get the game on. There's also a Find My Remote feature so you don't need to panic if it disappears into the couch. Control Center works with Amazon Alexa and Google Home so you can even watch TV hands-free. Relax this holiday season and enjoy stress-free TV with Control Center. Shop now, get 40% off Control Center with promo code LIVE. That's $59.95, 40% off regular pricing of $99.95. Control Center is available at CAAVO.com and Best Buy. Control Center by Cavo. One remote that does it all. So I just got mine uh, in the mail. I haven't set mine up yet. I haven't, I haven't well. set it up, and I can't wait. I'm totally going to do it. I'm I am my such Xbox. a dork with that kind of stuff. Like, I have, like, the Bose, you know, sound bar. I got the 75-inch TV. Yep. I can't wait to set that up, I got, man. I got. I figure I got my, my Roku. I've got my Xbox. Oh, dude. Uh, I've got my stereo. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of fired up. I like, can't wait to hook this thing up after the holidays. It's heavy, too. I picked up the box. I'm like, wow, there's a, there's a lot going on here. So Yes, yes, <laughs> so that, no that, doubt. That means it's heavy duty and that it works. Yep, that's, that's, go get that's, it. That's my thing. Hey, so for you guys still playing, guys and girls, still mm-hmm. playing in week 17, uh, you, you still got to hit the uh, the waiver wire here. So uh, a few names that I thought are interesting. Obviously, C.J. Anderson is going to be yep. tops of the list because it 
It looks like Todd Gurley won't play this week. Obviously, as CJ told us, nothing is set in stone. You know, they're, they're going to wait until the last minute to, I think, make an announcement. But it just seems like he's not going to play. Uh, I don't think they need him to beat the 49ers. So C.J. Anderson is going to be popular. Sam Darnold is going to be a popular name. In fact, there are going to be a lot yep. of quarterbacks out there. Sam yeah. Darnold. Nick Foles Nick expected Foles. to start this week. So Teddy Bridgewater will probably see significant time. He may even start because the Saints have the one seed locked up, so there's nothing for them to play for. So we could see Teddy Bridgewater play. A uh, couple of running backs. Brian Hill in Atlanta, who finished out yesterday after Tevin Coleman went down with an injury. He should see a full workload against a Carolina run defense that isn't particularly good and doesn't have anything really to play for. Um, Mike Davis uh, in Seattle, who should see some work. uh, Right, he could, potentially, because Seattle's basically wrapped up that wild card spot. So if they decide to not give Chris Carson a full workload, he could see some work and the matchup is uh, Carson good as well. We'll probably see some work just because the, you know, the report from uh, Pete Carroll says he does not like resting players. Mm -hmm. So, so Mike Davis will be in a rotation, but maybe in the second half, he he gets a heavy workload. Darren Sproles is an interesting one because he, he showed up and just, got all kind of touches and yeah. played really, really well against the Houston Texans. So after waiting all season long, uh, Darren Sproles may, may get some work here. Yep. Uh, Taylor Heineke's on the list, but keep an eye out because yeah, he did have some MRI. work uh, yep. on, on the elbow, got, and, got injured. And also keep in mind, uh, sorry to cut you off there, but Christian McCaffrey, uh, there's already reports that he might not play, right. which means Cameron – Artist. Cappy is back. Kane could be. This is why you don't play in week 17. Cappy is back. Huh. All uh, right. I got Muhammad Sanu in here. Good game this past week. Uh, playing the Bucks. Slot receivers. You get it. You've heard it 16 weeks this season already. So uh, he's out there. And then Chris Herndon, too, who is going to end up being a, uh, a sleeper tight end next season. I would think there's going to be one or two sleepers in that Jets offense, including Herndon and including uh, Sam Darnold. You know, going back to that uh, Mohamed Sanu uh, matchup, Mm -hmm. I've watched this all season long, and we talk about how bad the Buccaneers were against wide receivers. Right. And then, you know, Amari Cooper went out and had a stinker. Mm -hmm. The Buccaneers weren't that bad against guys that were lined out wide. They were awful against slot receivers. They only averaged, uh, uh, they only allowed... 16.9 fantasy points a game to wide receivers who were lined out wide. But then when you go to the slot receivers, I mean, they got absolutely destroyed all season long, giving up over 20 points per game to that position, the most in the National Football League. This is why this sort of data, next-gen stats, so important. And I, I too, said that Cooper was a good start because why? Buccaneers defense, home game for the Cowboys, but... It's it's one of those things where um, you know the, the stats really tell the story, and uh, that's why all the new data, the analytics, you know, Cynthia Freeland's great. You know, there's some so many great guys out there. Grant Barfield's terrific at this kind of stuff. Uh, it's it's the uh, it's the new wave and the next generation of fantasy football data and analysis, and it's um, it's great, and we try to use it to help you guys out. But that one there just reminded me of that strange stat that like the Buccaneers were really bad against slot receivers. But when you look at the numbers against the guys who were lined out wide, they actually weren't that bad. Right. right. One of those strange things. These 
sort of stats, Marcus, I didn't have available to me like 20 years ago, hey, man, 19 years ago when I was doing this. When I first started playing, we were still, you know, handwriting our stats out of the newspaper. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> Actually, come a long way. 2019 is going to be my now, 20th year in the industry. Now all of a sudden. 20. I'm old. All of a sudden we can do pretty much everything on our phones. Yeah, dude. I know. I know. I know. Do you remember uh, uh, the rotophones? Remember the rotophones? Oh, yeah, the rotophones? Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. And typewriters. All you millennials out there, go back and look. It's like, you know, old age stuff. I want a typewriter. Just because. You, I don't want to use it. I just want to have one. They're just cool. I just want to have one. They're just cool, man. I, dude, I used to have to write book reports and stuff. That was the worst. On typewriters, typo, man. And you had to, like, go back with the whiteout. And yeah, dude. To, like, line it up. It was. I actually, my first. Kids, you don't miss it. I, when I was in high school, my first. Uh, and I was, like, the, the sports editor of the newspaper. And I used to write my columns on a on a damn typewriter. Wow, wow! I actually upgraded. I was in high school. I upgraded to the word processor. No, we weren't there yet. We weren't there yet. Yeah, we weren't there yet. That was cool. Boy, so hey, um, wow, we're old. We are old. <laughs> we are old. <laughs> That's but, the whole takeaway from this little part of the show. Regardless, we are old. regardless. Um, first, I just want to. I'm off uh, the rest of the week. I'm going to go to New York City and spend the holidays with my family for the first time in over a decade. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, but I, I'll be back in, in, in a couple of weeks. Marcus will be with you as well, but I want to thank everybody out there for, uh, for listening throughout the season. Hopefully Marcus and I helped you even just a little bit, even if you didn't get to your championship, maybe we helped you get you to playoffs. We really appreciate you guys listening week in and week out. Uh, we love the feedback and, um, I want to wish everybody out there, Marcus, uh, everybody a merry, merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy new year. And hopefully, uh, you'll be right with us all the way through the offseason talking about Le'Veon Bell and all this crazy <laughs> stuff that's going to go on because you know the NFL is now uh, 365 days a year yep. and leading you right back up to next July and August because it's going to be here before you know it. Absolutely. want to echo that. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. We appreciate you uh, kind of hanging out with us all year long. Mm-hmm. Appreciate all the feedback. And uh, hopefully you just hopefully you were entertained as well as uh, as learning something as well. Yeah, and so, Cam, thank you for Yeah, Cam, thanks for stepping in, man. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate yep. it. Appreciate it. Uh, big thanks to C.J. Anderson as well. You can go check out his foundation, the Dreams Never Die Foundation. It's dndfoundation22.org. So uh, go donate to that, uh, especially if he helps you win a championship. Yep. Go and uh, throw a little coin back to say thank you to help out for that. So that's it. We are done. We appreciate you listening. You know, tell two friends to tell two friends about the show. Rate, review, and remember, it's all fun and games until Santa checks the naughty list. We'll see you on Thursday. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everybody. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. 
the all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.